Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. What is good, everyone? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. It's Monday. You know what that means. Under review with Stats and Vish Kumaran. We're going to get into the big advantage that Trey Lance has in the 49ers quarterback competition. Why training camp stats don't matter nearly as much as you think they do. Plus, John Lynch is speaking right now at the podium. So we'll get into some of what he said and more. But Vish, happy Monday. It's Pads Day in practice. Happy Monday. One of my favorite times of the year. Um, I think that so, too much gets put into training camp practice before the pads get on, right? Like people get too much into, oh, this offensive lineman looks a certain way, all of that. Things change once the hitting starts and once you have to go through the attrition. Um, as someone who has a, had a lot of friends who've had to go through it but never had to go through it personally, there's one thing that's universal about football practice. It's really hard. It's really hard at like the high school level. So imagine what kind of how hard it is at the professional level. So that's when you get to really see um, the toughness of the athletes, their um, ability to uh, yes. their ability to their shape, their level of fitness, their ability to maintain their fitness, all of those kinds of things. I'm extremely excited. I just also realized I do not have my water bottle here for this show. What a travesty. What are you doing? Are you not prepared? Come on, Vish. I really enjoy the size and I enjoy the squirting. <laughs> Rob, wow, why? We're having a good Monday here. You and I are going back and forth. We're a minute and 37 seconds into the show and you're already coming at me, making this personal. 
look, you brought up the water bottle. It's not my fault you said it on the air. It's if you say we record these. I don't know if you're aware, but like yeah. <laughs> I, I bring stuff back. Our water bottle had become a my water bottle, not our water bottle. That would be odd. But my <laughs> water bottle had become a really good part of our show. It had been making weekly appearances. I just want to let the people know they won't see my Gatorade bottle today. Got it. Well, all right. Get back on your game. Uh, rate, review, follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Follow Vicious Channel where this is streaming as well. He's at Vish Kumar and on YouTube. And, of course, if you leave a review, we'll read it on the show. This one comes from 49ers253, five stars. Great show. Love listening to the podcast. Great insight and honesty. All co-hosts are great. Keep on putting Cone in this place, but stop with the Kittle going to be gone after this year. Kittle along with Debo are the heart and soul of the Niners offense. The offense doesn't really start finally humming till Kittle and Debo get the ball and lay the wood on them poor defenders. Been repping our boys up in here in Tacoma since 85. Screw them Hawks. Can't wait to eat that turkey on their 50-yard line this year. Go Niners. Another like satisfying Yes, please, please, please keep them coming. All right, Vish, let's get into some of the training camp stuff, some of the quarterback stuff. I know something on your mind is you are very wary of the training camp stats. Yeah, I think at some point these training camp stats, we've gone too far, right? At first it was just, hey, like, I don't think this quarterback had this good of a day. The ball hit the ground a lot, and this is why. I saw him complete these throws and these throws, right? The first person really to do it was Grant, right? And Grant gave training camp stats not as a means um, to deliver a statistical profile of a player, but as means to further context because Grant would come out of a practice and say, this person looked good. Um, right. This person, Mayoko or somebody else may come out and say, no, 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 that person didn't look good. So then Grant would read from his notebook, this is what these, this person did in this practice. Now you tell me if he's good or bad. I, because of all of these things, said he was bad, right? It was additional context. Then at some point we got these training camp stats and we started using as an objective metric, right? Like they started getting put on a spreadsheet and people started saying, well, if you complete 54% of your uh um, passes over the course of a training camp like that's not good and this is where I have an issue because we don't evaluate quarterback statistical profiles right and then just say well this quarterback is this good they're this bad right Jimmy Garoppolo had top five numbers how many different times when he was playing with the 49ers now he always got injured so he never had the cumulative top five numbers but he was always somewhere around there and none of us thought he was a top five quarterbacks. Why? We would add context to those stats. Well, these were the throws he made that every quarterback can make. Well, these were the stats. You tell me what he did here that was so special. He plays on a good team with good weapons and a good system. So that's why he's putting up stats, right? Similarly, that exists with training cap stats too, right? Like, So I'll give you an example of a bad rep and an incompletion, right? Let's say that Shanahan calls a play. Quarterback does his job, gets a little bit of pressure, moves out of the way, throws the ball exactly where it's supposed to go. Ball ends up getting broken up. Everybody is going to write that as a bad rep, right? Ball got broken up. That's a bad rep. Shanahan might turn on the film, you know, at six o'clock when, or whenever he watches it with his dad and be like, damn, that was great process from the quarterback. Now that rep didn't work. But when we game plan for teams, we start installing, we start putting in specific plays against specific defenses the way that guy got to where he was supposed to go with the ball and how quickly he got rid of it and how accurate the ball was, that is great process. That works, right? And so that's where the context of these stats matter. And I, I don't think it's the reporter's fault. 
they're watching these plays in a split second. There's no way they can add the context. They can only give you the results of the plays. But I think we've gone too far into, well, this guy was seven for nine. Well, this guy practiced with Brandon Ayuk, so his stats are better. Because nobody is evaluating if this guy is seven for nine or seven for 10 or seven for eight in a practice. It's what is the process of him getting his decisions? The best example I can give you of this is why do you think the media reported so negatively on the quote-unquote practice stats of Brock Purdy last year in limited reps, and Shanahan still felt so good about those limited reps that he elevated him to be the backup quarterback prior to them re-signing Jimmy Garoppolo over a guy in Nate Sudfeld that they gave $2.5 million um, uh, fully guaranteed. Why do you think that is? It's because in those two reps that Brock Purdy got, his process was great. Now, he might not have done anything spectacular from a visual standpoint to the media, but to Shanahan, he got the ball, he went where he was supposed to go with the ball, and he did it quickly and decisively right? That's what he's looking for from his quarterback. And so that's where all of these different, you know, differences of opinions exist. And I think that this offseason, given with that we have added the quarterback competition, um, you know, little story to this entire thing, we've put in way too much stock into seven out of 10, eight out of yes. 10, nine out yes. of 10, let alone Rob, we did it too far in before in four days of practice that pads aren't even on, right? Pads yes. aren't even on. Defense is way ahead of the offense. You're not even able to block guys in front of you, and we're comparing seven for nine and six for ten. This is this has become obnoxious. This has become excessive, and now we're just getting to a point where we're ruining football discourse when we say, <laughs> well, this guy was better because he was seven for eight in a practice. Like, shut up. Get out of here with that. That sucks. If the quarterback is playing well, he's playing well. If he's not playing well, he's playing well. But please stop saying, well, he was seven for seven, so this guy played well, and he was eight for nine, so that guy played well. And then my last point on this, too. Holy crap. Do you need me for any of this? Yes, yes, because I, I need you for all of it because I need you to respond. But my last point on all of this before I let you go, and I'll let you go for however ever long you want to <laughs> go, okay? I'll, I won't have my water bottle, but I'll just sit back and listen to you. But my last point – now you just made me forget my last point. You know what? You go. Yeah. Well, no, I think you're right. It is process over result. That is how the team is evaluating this. Doesn't mean result is, is, you know, totally ignored, but process is valued way more. And that's the one thing that we can't see. We don't know what the read is supposed to be, what the progression is supposed to be. And that's why I titled the video on, on the gold standard channel, the big advantage that Trey Lance has over the other quarterbacks. It, and it's something that Kyle Posey made me aware of. And I should have thought of it sooner. There was a point in practice yesterday where Trey was at the line of scrimmage. It was in a, a red zone situation and whatever the play was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be like a, a fade. The defense clearly had figured it out. They had shifted. They had adjusted. They knew it, what was coming. So Trey audibled at the line of scrimmage into another play. Now he fumbled the snap, unfortunately, which is obviously not good, but that audibling, we don't, nobody sees that, right? Nobody tweeted out Trey right, Lance right. audible to right. like, but that is stuff that matters a lot to the 49ers and to the coaches. And the advantage that I think Trey has is he's been in the system longer than anybody there. He should know this system better than Brock Purdy better than Sam Darnold. And he's got to use that to his advantage, especially when the games start. Because remember, Kyle Shanahan said the preseason games are going to matter a lot more this year for the quarterbacks than they usually do. 
that's where Trey has to flex his muscle. And what have we always heard about Trey? That mentally, he was very good. He knew the system, all that stuff. He's got to flex that muscle if he wants to get a leg up on Darnold because it sounds like throwing-wise, Darnold has been better than him so far. So that's where Trey can pick up the slack, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. But I there was I actually, this previous sentence in that article stood out to me. It was that Trey drew them off sides. Why do I bring credence to him drawing them off sides? That's a savvy veteran quarterback play. Now it doesn't have a lot of stock into it, but I remember, you know, Tim Ryan talking about Brock Purdy in the broadcast and talking about the little things he did that showed veteran maturity and his ability to manage the game, right? Late in the first, I think, was it the Minnesota pre? I forgot which preseason game it was, but he was playing down the stretch and they had a lead. And every time Brock Purdy would snap the ball at when the play clock was at one or when the play clock was at zero. Very, very subtle thing, right? But a veteran quarterback thing. We're ahead in the game. Okay, let's make sure that we are taking care of every single moment that we can, right? Even that subtle maturity we saw when he slid for the first down at Seattle on the road with the broken ribs, right? Knowing where you are, that awareness, the game management awareness. I agree with you. I think it's something Sam Darnold lacks across the yeah. board. I think it's something Trey Lance showed that he had at NDSU, and I think that's something that contributes and plays a factor in this. By the way, I remember my last point about oh, okay. practice, and I do think it needs to be made because I think it'll bring a deeper conversation between the two of us, and that's did you listen to how Kyle talked about Brock Purdy um, yesterday? Right? Like the last two practices, and one, I, I would like to preface this. Kyle is not known – for being overly effusive in praise of his players. In fact, I remember at times when the exact thing you're talking about, right? Audibling out of place. Dave Lombardi asked a question to Kyle, and it was basically a, I'm I'm complimenting Jimmy. All you need to do is say yes, and you come compliment Jimmy. He was like, how, how far ahead is Jimmy in terms of being able to like audible out of like passes and runs and stuff mm-hmm. like that and control the line of scrimmage? And Kyle could have complimented him. It's the easiest compliment right then and there. But Kyle said, no, 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 no. We teach all our quarterbacks to do that. All our quarterbacks can do that. This is not that big of a deal. So he's not effusive with praise. He doesn't usually slip his tongue with compliments. And you can ask questions that are leading towards compliments. And he still doesn't do that. And he went out of his way to be effusive in terms of his praise of Brock, in terms of how Brock's return, in terms of how he felt Brock played in practice the last couple of days. All of those things. Now, the reports were that Brock didn't play too well in practice the last couple of days. I don't know, to be honest. I wasn't there. I have no clue. But I do think it's interesting that Kyle feels he plays excellent. Because one, Kyle doesn't usually say, even if a guy is doing well in camp, he doesn't say, oh, I thought he was great. I thought he was all this. In fact, I don't remember him saying that about Garoppolo when Garoppolo was returning from the ACL and all of that. So, That's another thing in all of this, right? Like Brock, in our mind, the way it was portrayed to us that he had two bad practice days. Kyle didn't seem to feel that way. And Kyle's not known as someone that just talks up all his players during training camp. In fact, he's the opposite of that. Shanahan's quote, I have it on the screen if you're watching the YouTube. I think Brock's done great. He's come back. He's had no arm troubles. He's been totally healthy. I think he's getting all his timing back, his rhythm. I was really impressed with him. You're right. It, it shows that they are evaluating things on a different level 
then we are evaluating them. Right. And look, they hear it. John Lynch was speaking today. He talked about how people are upset because Lance is not getting the reps that they think he should get. So they hear all of this. I think that they are probably incredibly frustrated by it. I'm sure Kyle is because he probably thinks we're a bunch of idiots that don't know what we're looking at. And let's be honest, we certainly don't know as much as Kyle Shanahan does, um, but they hear it and but they are evaluating things differently than we evaluate it. And they're certainly not just looking at the box score of the stats, like you said earlier in the show. Right. Absolutely. And by the way, the box score also completely misleading, right? Like Kyle Shanahan let his quarterback throw five straight interceptions in front of the media. In, practice. <laughs> in a game, what do you think happens if his quarterback throws interceptions on back-to-back throws? He's not throwing the ball the rest of the game. And right. so these are the little things when we talk about evaluating stats as well in practice, right? Like sometimes you might know that the ball is going to be an incompletion in practice, but you might want the quarterback just to throw it because you want him to get comfortable making that throw. And if he right. misses that throw, that's fine. But this is what practice is for. You get comfortable making that throw. I mean, people made fun of Jimmy Garoppolo for that statement. Like, ha why would you th- throw practice throwing interceptions? But it is. It's a real opportunity to see what throws you can make, what throws you can't make, what decisions you can make versus what coverage and stuff like that. And that's where it, it goes even a step further, Rob, because I feel like when you're talking about completion percentage and all of that, if his quarterback starts 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 and misses 4 or 5 straight throws, what do you think happens, Rob, in a game? Screen to Debo. Screen to McCaffrey. Screen to Debo. Screen to McCaffrey. That's Look just not Debo. Kyle, by the screen way. Screen to Debo. Screen to McCaffrey. Right. It's every coach. Next thing you know, your quarterback who isn't accurate is 9 for 12, 9 for 13. <laughs> so that's where all of this completion percentage is bullshit, man. It's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. Um, We get way too caught up in that stuff. I want to get to a super chat from William Bonnet. Is it fair to say Brock Purdy has bridge quarterback talent? He can on this team, but is he a top 10 talent? Also fair to say Trey Lance has star talent. Where does Sam Darnold stand? That's like the big battle right now, right? Is Brock's what we see as physical limitations versus Trey not having, you know, a higher physical ability possibly but maybe not as accurate in some of those things. That's like the perpetual battle. Sam Darnold has a lot of physical stuff, a lot of physical traits that people love to talk about and obsess over. But mentally, I think Sam is the worst of the three, quite frankly. He, he's a turnover waiting to happen. And that's that's always the battle. You and I have talked about with Brock about how we think he's the perfect backup quarterback. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Accurate, yeah. super poised can make plays happen, but physically doesn't have the top-end physical skills to make some of the big clutch throws you need in some of the biggest moments. 
has the moxie also to reinvigorate and uplift a team when you have to come in off the bench. He's good at playing off the bench, right? To this day, I still think the Miami game is one of the best games he played as Mm -hmm. a pro. And that was, you know, right off the bench. Um, In terms of, is he a top 10 talent? Like in the NFL, if we're ranking top 10 talents at quarterback, he is absolutely not a top 10 talent. Could he be a top 10 player? Yes. But he's not your prototypical top 10 talent. Absolutely not. That's top why 10 talents don't get drafted last. Right. right. Um, is it fair to say Trey has star talent? I don't know if he has star talent, but he has star traits. And I think there's a difference to that because he had he checks specific boxes that say that perhaps he could be a star, but we haven't even seen it materialize his talent. We, right. Like he's played 200. What was it? 260 snaps. Is that what you told me on the phone earlier today? 262 snaps. This short of like literally so like, yeah. snaps, not passes. We're talking snaps. That includes runs, kneel downs, whatever. Right. 262 snaps. Right. Right. So, and then Darnold, like, I guess Darnold has quote unquote star talent, but we've also seen 55 games where that talent materializes only in specific ways. In the NFL, I would say the best projection of Darnold's long-term future in the best case scenario is that he becomes a middling starter. Worst case scenario, he's a journeyman backup. Moo says, I insisted last season and I will again. Brock Purdy has an interception problem. Watch them climb this year without the drop luck. He's going to throw more interceptions this year. He had he had 11 touchdowns and two picks last year. Like That's a phenomenal ratio. Just regression, like naturally he's going to throw more interceptions. Does he have an interception problem? I don't know. We'll find out what I worry about with him more than anything else is a, is a self-destruct mechanism. Cause he's had some plays in college where you're like, what the hell is that guy thinking? We didn't really see that too, too much last year, but again, the longer you, the more opportunity you get to get in there, the more these things kind of show up and we don't know that that's going to happen. That's what I worry about, but I don't know for sure that it's going to happen. And by the way, like, I know the guy has endless poise. He's been through ups and downs and all of that. But it's different when you're the quarterback of the team, when you're 8-0, you're winning, and you're the rookie guy, you're the new guy in town that everybody loves. And then you're 2-2 two and two going into week five, and Grant Cohn and Rob Guerrero are saying, like, play Trey Lance and all of that, and you got to go play. Like, there's different pressure. There's going to be different growing pains for Brock mentally more than just, like, the interception problem. And that's where, like, I feel like the expectation, again, I, I've said this the entire offseason, the expectations on all three of these quarterbacks individually, given the situations they are in, are somewhat ludicrous, to be honest. There's this <laughs> expectation that Purdy is building off of what he did last year. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked if last year is the peak of Brock Purdy's next two years, statistically, even though he gets remarkably better, markedly better as a player, right? Like there's this idea that Trey Lance is magically just going to turn himself into a completely different player in four months, which one of those months was spent fully making a recover from an injury that seems to still be lingering on his mind because he was talking about thinking about setbacks. Well, I think only that only happens if you give him a long time to play on the field and grow from there. And then with Darnold, there's going to be growing pains when you try to turn a quarterback completely around like that. You have to turn his psyche around and build his confidence first. And I don't know if the 49ers are going to spend time building his confidence because he's here on a one-year deal. So yeah, I do think it's a bad situation for all of them. And it's also like, if you can't sacrifice wins for Lance's development, right? You can't wait for Lance's development. Can you wait for Darnold's confidence to build up? I I would say no. 
Um, but well, again, we'll see how it all plays out. I, there was a good comment. Um, oh, here it is. I apologize. Kyle had it watching on YouTube. The good news this year is since Lance isn't coming in as quarterback one already, we should get to see a lot of him in the preseason games. Haven't seen enough of him on the field to know what he's got. It's a good point, right? If Brock plays it, we don't know if Brock's going to play at all, which how has that question not been asked yet, by the way, right, um, right. but assuming that Brock doesn't play at least early on Lance is hopefully should get an extended window. I've said, I think it should be Lance for one half and Darnold for another half. If you really want to oh, you, you should, you think it should be like that. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Honestly, I don't think Brandon Allen should get a, you know, I don't even want Brandon Allen on the team. So to me, if it were me and I were the 49ers, if you're keeping Brock out, Lance gets half, Darnold gets half. Stop screwing around. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I wonder how much they're going to protect what visuals they get on these quarterbacks if they're going to try to trade like, one of them in stop that, it. that point. So, Which team is out there saying, holy God, we really need to trade for Sam Darnold? Where our quarterback situation is so messed up. For Darnold. none of them, right? For none no. of them. Nobody's, dude, that's no. the thing. With, oh, they're going to get something for Brandon Allen. They signed Brandon Allen in June, man. Like there was two months of free agency that people could have gotten Brandon out. Oh, the Bengals, the Bengals had Brandon Allen as their backup quarterback last year and decided to go with whatever bullshit, you know, they have, what do they have? They have that guy from LSU that you, the Patriots drafted to play wide receiver. And then now he's playing quarterback <laughs> again, Danny Etling. You're salty today. Salty fish today on the program. Dude, dude, it's been a rough last week was rough, man. I one <laughs> one as much as I try to take my emotions out of it, I forget how emotionally wrapped up I am into it just from a mm-hmm. fan standpoint. And then two, just watching the conversation, watching all of this out is like, holy cow, man. This is like I needed to get on here with you. I needed to talk to you, but you wouldn't talk to me. You weren't responding to my texts. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a I've had a rough, this has been a rough 2023, not going to lie. Uh, Jay Shaw 007, what's good from Brussels, Belgium? Shout out to you, Jay Shaw, going international on the show today. I love it. Appreciate the international support. Um, let's see. I've been to this, Brussels, have you? No, but maybe I will someday. Uh, Antonio, sure. shout out to Antonio, YouTube channel member. By the way, become a YouTube channel member, less than $3 a month. You get priority comment response, membership badges, custom emojis. Please, please, please do it and support the show. Completion percentage over expectation is a much better stat than completion percentage. Last year, Jimmy G was sixth in completion percentage, but 23rd in percentage over expectation. That shows he's completing less passes than what's expected. That is a common thing we've seen with Jimmy Garoppolo. I saw something that said that the 49ers basically have more separation. They get their guys more open than anyone else. Niners quarterbacks had the highest open throw percentage in the NFL with 25.4% of attempts going to players with three to five yards of separation to the closest defender when the pass arrived. That is insane. So for Jimmy Garoppolo's completion percentage over expectation to be that low is really, really bad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Uh-oh, how about this? I can say it better than that. Bergeman, YouTube channel member. Shout out, Bergeman. First time joining live on YouTube. Vish needs Niner swag. Rob, give Vish my number. I've got stuff in my trunk I can send to him tomorrow to decorate. Benjamin's good people, Vish. That's awesome. That's awesome. I also really appreciate him for thinking that, like, my issue is that I don't have things that I can put up on the wall. Do you? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, if I like went to my parents' house, I could probably get a few things. But, dude, that's my work then. I have to sit here and put stuff on the wall, see if it's straight, all of that crap. Who wants to do that? Well, I mean, if you look behind did you. Did you do that? You mean, yeah, I put it all up. Of course I did. Come on now. No, I just moved and went to a wall that there was some paint behind because a lot of people weren't liking the white color for whatever reason. So I went with gray. For whatever reason, the reason is because it looked like you were in a hostage video, Vish. That's the reason. <laughs> like, let's be clear about that. Um, but appreciate just, you. Uh, appreciate. Yeah, you. that's really nice of you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's see. Babo0383. Thanks for the super chat. I keep hearing about sunk cost fallacy in reference to Trey Lance. If we're at that point, why not cut Trey that they haven't shown how passive and reactive the 49ers are? More fans should be annoyed. There's no way they cut. I would be floored if they cut him maybe they trade him if somebody's interested i don't think they just say we think you're so hideous that we're just letting you go the issue i have with the sunk cost fallacy in the trey lance conversation because we still don't know if abandonment of trey lance is the best course of action for the 49ers right like brock purdy played eight games right The idea that it would be the better option would mean that the 49ers have already found a quarterback of equal value for that, so they don't need to find out what they have in Trey Lance. And they found something that could be that in Brock Purdy, but it is not confirmed yet. He had eight games that were excellent. Then he got hurt. Being a long-term answer at quarterback doesn't mean you play well for eight games, Rob. It means you're good for two, three, four years, and you start, and you don't get hurt, all of that. And I'm not saying – I'm not even implying that Trey Lance – is going to be that either. I'm just saying that the sunk cost fallacy that they should abandon him today and all of that, we don't know that. Because one, we don't know what he is. And two, we don't know for sure that they have something that is what he was drafted to be. That is all a very fair point. Uh, Randall says, Vish, get you a laser level and get to work. <laughs> Nick Ellert says, Vish chooses his spicy takes to talk, not his bland walls and <laughs> Or, that's that's tough, man. I like that very, very much. Uh, let's see. Robert Turncap, uh, Tooncap, sorry, excuse me. Talk about Lance's fifth-year option. How are the Niners going to handle that if he doesn't play? How are they going to trade him if he doesn't play? The decision-making with Lance is going to be fascinating. I mean, if he plays and he plays well, then it's easy, right? But if yeah. it's a, what if it's the kind of thing where Brock plays for half the year, gets hurt, and Trey comes in and plays well for half the year again? Like the Jordan Love formula... Basically, it changed a lot for them, right, in terms of that. 
because they didn't take the fifth year option and then they gave him a one year extension that was basically right. the fifth year option. So they'll always have that option there. So I think they're completely okay. But right now, I would say this isn't even a conversation. There's no way in hell they take his fifth year option. Right now, that, no. gets, that makes his fifth year fully guaranteed. That means he'll be like, and I, I need to work it out because I know that there are some playing incentives that play into what or Pro Bowl numbers. So, like, for example, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Lamar Jackson were in the same draft class. Lamar Jackson, because he won an MVP, I'm pretty sure he made like 22 or 23 million for his fifth year option fully guaranteed. And then Baker and Sam Darnold were at 18 million fully guaranteed. And so either way, 18 million, 22 million, that's way too much money fully guaranteed for a player that we don't know anything about today. So they cannot guarantee that. They cannot take that financial investment. I agree with you completely. Keep your questions and your comments uh, coming. I love all of them. Please, 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 please keep them coming. Um, Before we get to John Lynch and some of the stuff that he mentioned today, I just want to give a special shout out to Slot Right Marketing. They are the company that helped me make the new website, goldstandardniners.com. I absolutely could not have done it without them. They specialize in marketing consulting, creative strategies, and content ideation to help increase your brand equity. They have 20 years of experience with digital marketing. They know how to get the brand rolling. You can go to their website, slotright.com. That's slotright.com. Again, they helped me create the new website, goldstandardniners.com. So huge thank you to them. Just want to make everybody aware of that. All right, Vish, John Lynch spoke today, touched on a bunch of topics, one of which is the Nick Bosa situation. He said... And this is an interesting quote. We have to strike the right mix of patience and urgency with the Bosa contract. The only problem with that, of course, is that those are complete opposites. So it's hard to have a mix of two things that are on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. It doesn't sound like they're close right now, but he was asked, do you have any sort of concern that a deal won't get done? And he unequivocally said no. So I think it's going to get done, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. They, they do all their deals the same way, right? I think they set a timeline of when the deal completely has to be done. And then they negotiate all the way up to that timeline. And then when it has to get done, they get it done, right? Like right. I think last year, their deadline for Debo is Debo has to be signed by the first day of packs. He has to make it to practice by then where, you know, we have a brand new quarterback. He needs to get chemistry. He needs to get reps. We need to keep Debo in shape. And they got it done exactly then. I wonder when their timeline is exactly for that with Bosa. So I don't doubt that they're going to get it done, but they will negotiate this contract every chance they can get. And it might become contentious, but that's just what they do. They had a contentious negotiation with Kittle. They had a contentious negotiation with Trent Williams. They had a contentious negotiation with Debo Samuel. This is just how they negotiate. Now we can get upset if it gets contentious. We can pretend like it's not going to get contentious. Or we can just wait for the contract to be signed after it gets a little bit contentious. But there's two things to look for with the Bosa deal. One, his brother got his first three years fully guaranteed, which means his brother got $78 million fully guaranteed at signing. TJ Watt crossed that last offseason to become the highest paid player in terms of guaranteed money at signing for a non-quarterback in NFL history. He got $80 million guaranteed at signing. Why is that relevant? Because we think Nick Bosa is going to cross that number. Currently, the 49ers have given four contracts that are about $40 million guaranteed at signing. They gave Jimmy Garoppolo $40 million about guaranteed at signing. 
Ebo Samuel was at like 41. Trent Williams was at 40.1 or 40.6, something like that. And Javon Hargrave was right around the 40 number, right? So the Niners don't give out a crazy number in terms of guaranteed at signing. Even Trent Williams, his contract was huge. It was the biggest left tackle contract ever. But David Bakhtiari and Ronnie Stanley, who both signed their contracts months before Trent Williams, they got less money average annually than Trent Williams, but they got more money guaranteed at signing. David Bakhtiari got 60 plus million guaranteed at signing, as did Ronnie Stanley. Why is this relevant? Because the numbers, don't, the Niners don't like giving that number out. I don't think Jed likes just wire transferring $80 million to his players. I think Nick Bosa is going to cross that number. There's no way Joey Bosa is going to get 78 guaranteed at signing and Nick Bosa is. And then the other number to watch out for with Nick Bosa is right now, Aaron Donald's the only defensive player at above $30 million. Nick Bosa, I'm assuming, will want to reset the market and be above $30 million yes. average annually. Again, big number, but the Niners are typically used to giving out average annually, though it's tied in in bonus and incentives on whether they actually make the roster by a certain date, all of that. But they do give out that average annually number. If I had to predict, I think Nick Bosa doesn't beat TJ Watts money in terms of guaranteed at signing. I think he breaks the Niners record and he gets like 60, 70 million dollars guaranteed at signing. Mind you, Miles Garrett only got 43 million dollars guaranteed at signing. But I think Nick Melissa is going to be over $30 million average annually. For yes. sure. For sure. Like the 49ers can have all their, like, well, we don't like to give out this and that. Nick Bosa is just going to sit there and say, guess what? The sooner you realize I'm not like everybody else, the sooner we can get this deal done. Here's what I want. Give it to me. And the Niners are just going to have to pony up the dough. Like, what is your argument against it? Just do it. Like, he's good. He's already had a major injury that he's come back from and been awesome. He was a defensive player of the year last year. Like enough. He's going to get more than $30 million. He's going to get a bunch of it guaranteed. Just accept it. You have to pay a premium to get a premium. By the way, there's no, also no fear with Bosa um, missing camp, right? I know a lot of people talk about shape, but what's Nick Bosa's history, right? Right. He came in after the core injury, his rookie year. He hurt his quad or hamstring during rookie minicamp, like a practice into it. And then he sprained his ankle like a week into pads, his rookie season that they didn't know when he would be back. And I guess that ankle injury lingered throughout his rookie season. Then his second year was the COVID year. And I remember he had some like groin niggle or something like that, that kept him out the last two weeks of camp or so. So he was out for a minute in an abbreviated off season. He ended up tearing his ACL, which brings us to his third off season which included him basically missing the entirety of camp, not practicing that much because they were, you know, taking extra precautions since he was returning from the ACL. And then last year he practiced, but of course they treat him like a veteran player. And so they ration his practice schedule and it doesn't seem to affect his on-field production <laughs> regardless because he's, you know, in the craziest shape of anybody ever. So there's not a worry if Bosa's deal gets done, even if it gets done on Saturday and he has to go play Sunday week one because he's going to be fit. He's going to come in and he's going to play great. I agree. Nick Ellert says, did you hear the rumor Bosa wants to be the highest paid defensive player ever and it will be done August 10th? He's going to be the highest paid defensive player ever. And look, the 49ers and John Lynch talked about it today. Look at their history. They made Jimmy Garoppolo the highest paid football player ever. Now it yeah. didn't last long, but at the time, they did it for him after five games, like five games. They did that for him. They set the market with Trent Williams. Why do you have to repeat the five games like that? Huh? Well, you know why they set the market <laughs> with Trent Williams. They set the market with Fred Warner. They set the market with George Kittle. Like they pay guys. It takes a while, but they pay them. And so they'll do it and they'll, you know, hem and haw. 
but he should be the highest paid defensive player ever. I think he will be eventually. I think it's going to get done. It's just, you know, we're all anxious here because that's like, we've been hearing about this for two years, how it's been budgeted for. Well, if it's been budgeted for once you have the, the money to buy the thing that you've been saving up for, you go buy it. You don't just sit there, right? If you've been saving up for an Xbox or a new TV, like I am right now, once you get the amount of money that the TV costs, you you go to the store and you buy it. So let's go, John. If it's been budgeted for, let's head over to that Best Buy and bring home that new TV. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you bring up a great point because something I've never understood also in my years of watching football, and perhaps you can maybe shed some greater light to it just you know, with your experiences working at larger networks and seeing the business side of it, is that I feel like a lot of these negotiations, the timetable, it's like when they have urgency to get the deal done, they get the deal done. Yeah. But it's like, why do you let it linger until it reaches the point of urgency? Like if both of you are capable of making the deal get done and you know at the final hour that you're going to get it done, why let it become contentious? Why let it fester? Why let it foster? Why let it do all of those things? I don't understand that necessarily. I've never understood it about the business of football. But it's a very, very interesting dynamic because everybody's always looking for that extra two cents, that two cents advantage until they know that they really can't get it. The reason is because deadlines spur action, Vish. Nobody wants to just do the thing because then it looks like they back down or they, you know, gave in. They were soft. So the deadline, once the deadline comes up, that's gone, right? Nobody has to have egg on their face and look like they back down. So that's why that happens. Taylor Broussard says, Rob, the price may be set, but they're negotiating the warranty. Don't get the warranty. Don't get the warranty. Don't get the protection plan on any of your electronics. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. I think it'll get done because like, like you were saying, you were throwing out the numbers. Like the, the prices are basically set, right? We know the basic parameters of what the deal is going to look like. It's not like they really have to settle on that. So like the, it's just the, the fine prints, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, that kind of thing. And when the deadline comes up, whatever they decide that deadline is, you know, and that's up to them. And both sides sort of have to kind of see the same deadline in order for that to, to have the sort of power that it usually has in these things. But I think it will get done. Just reading John Lynch's body language during the press conference, he didn't seem nervous. He didn't do the thing where he was like touching his face or anything like that. Basically, it was just, hey, be patient and uh, it'll get done. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a player they've really attached their franchise to, right? Like most teams attach their franchise to a quarterback. The 49ers are attached to this player. This is the one they've drafted. This is the one first round pick that they've drafted that's actually worked out. This is the <laughs> one guy when he's healthy, they're really good every year. This is the consummate professional. This is the superstar. Look, they got away with not paying DeForest Buckner, who was this guy, because they didn't draft it, right? He was drafted by a previous regime. They didn't have the same attachment. If, if they don't pay this guy, then who cares? They're not going to not pay him, right? Like double negative right there. Nick Bosa <laughs> is going to get paid because everything that they have invested is he's their franchise guy. He's the guy that they have to pay. Like all those other contracts, the Debo's, the Kittles, the Trent's, all of those you do because you know you're going to get this one done, right? Big this guy. is the first guy that takes priority. They're all complimentary to him. I completely agree. And last thing we want to, I want to hit on before we wrap up for today, Nick, with a great question. When will Elijah Mitchell get <laughs> traded to the Colts? 
the, the Jonathan Taylor situation with the Colts is insane. It's literally evolving by the it's day. The funniest situation of all time, dude. Jim Irsay continued like he's taken over the mantle from Daniel Snyder as now the worst owner. He's just he just makes it worse. He makes it harder for his team to win. I would not be stunned at all if Elijah Mitchell was traded this preseason. I I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility. I would say Seattle because they need a running back, but it is in the division, so maybe that won't happen. But do you see Elijah Mitchell getting moved this preseason? Yeah, there's a chance. Now, the reason I'm a little bit hesitant to fully confirm it is because I do think his skill set is a little bit different from the other five backs on the roster. You have McCaffrey, who's you know a very unique player, but then I feel like Mason, TDP, Actually, Mason and TDP aren't the same, but Laybourne, TDP, they're all kind of a little bit where these super rocked up 215 pound guys who are very <laughs> explosive and run through anything. And then you have Mitchell, who's, you know, more at like 200 pounds and he's the one true blazer. So I yeah. guess that's where I'm a little bit hesitant. But given his injury, given the fact that he's probably viewed as, you know, a back half starting running back, he's not one of the top 15 guys, but he's certainly somewhere 15 through 30. He's a guy that can carry a season's workload. He doesn't fumble. He does his job and all of those things. They could nab a fifth round pick for Jeff Wilson. I don't see why they can't nab a fifth round pick for Elijah Mitchell. And that's valuable. Especially taking some big strides this camp and Jordan Mason's everybody's favorite player. Yeah, except he keeps fumbling. I don't like to hear that Jordan Mason keeps fumbling. That's not good. Remember when everyone was terrified that the, the Niners needed Jeff Wilson? We can't be giving Jeff Wilson up to the Dolphins. We, oh, my God. Jeff Wilson, he's so good. How'd that work out? I'm just saying. The we didn't fact that move. they got a fifth-round pick for Jeff Wilson is one of the biggest steals of the Shanahan Link chair. That, <laughs> like, they got it from Mike McDaniel, too. Like, yeah. they got it from Mike McDaniel, too. That. That's one of the biggest steals of the Shanahan Link chair. I'm sorry. I love Jeff Wilson. By the way, the Dolphins had to give him a second contract because they gave a fifth round pick for him. He did not deserve to be paid by the Dolphins this offseason. No offense, Jeff. Oh, man. Never changed, Jeff Wilson. Anyway, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, dude, rate, dude, wait, what are you doing? 41 minutes? This is not us. This is us. We're wrapping up this week. 41 minutes? We don't go a certain length, Vish. We go until we've exhausted the topics. What am I supposed to do, Rob? I scheduled a one-hour meeting on my computer over there. (laughs) What do I do? I just go back to work? The meeting just ended 10 minutes early? Don't go back to... Who's going to know that you're not in the meeting? I will know, Rob. Uh, You're just going to have to live with yourself, Vish Vok. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, (laughs) okay. I see how this is. Like and subscribe to the Gold Standard YouTube channel and to Vish Kumaran's YouTube channel on YouTube at Vish Kumaran. Rate, review, follow the Gold Standard podcast. Also, follow us on the show on the socials at GSN49ers on X or Twitter, whatever the hell we're calling it now. Same thing uh, on Instagram. You can follow Vish on Twitter at Vish Kumaran. I am at Stats on Fire. Thank you, everybody. For all the comments and questions, please, please, please keep them coming. We are not going anywhere. We are just 38 days away from regular season football. Let's go. Have a good Monday, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.